Welcome to the 11th episode of the Sleepers and Keepers Fantasy Hockey Podcast, part of the Hockey News Podcast Network. My name is Jason Chen. Joining me is Mike Amato. How are you doing, Mike? I'm good, Jason. I got a question for you. Okay. As a as a fantasy hockey guru, were you supposedly up, yes? Were, were you <laughs> were you up at 5 a.m. Pacific this morning watching Leafs Wild and taking notes? No. I hope you were. <laughs> That's why we have you. So we have East and West Coast coverage. I, I was, yeah. I, with with two with two kids under under five, I'm well up by uh, by eight a.m. Eastern. I'm already thinking about lunch at that point. So. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. <laughs> Do you stay up for the 10.30 p.m. starts for the California teams? I try to as much as I can, Dep- depending on the day. So mm-hmm. when I file my my two columns for Sportsnet, mm-hmm. I have to file them usually after the games end on Thursday night and Saturday night. So I'm usually up late on those two nights. So mm-hmm. I, I do I will see a lot of West Coast games. I will say, though, like the 5 a.m. start kind of caught me off guard because I woke up and the game was over because the previous Global Series games weren't that early. And I was like, ah, oh, damn, I love Joey Wool on my bench, but that's OK. Yeah, it's it's an early wake up call for sure. I know, but I kind of hate it. Um, it. Again, I mean, I should know better, but this is why you should plan ahead. Not that I needed that start, but I also hate sometimes when you add a player and your roster resets. Oh, like yeah. They don't add them automatically start that player right away. So I don't know if you've been burned by that before. But. Yeah. And the, the days, like the coming days to it, like changes your lineup. Cause normally I set my lineup for the week and then I just, you know, check it every day and update it. But if you add somebody off waivers, it'll like change your, the next day and the few days after that you've mm-hmm. added the player. So you got to yeah. be diligent. Yeah, see, AI is not taking over the world yet because they don't know how to figure this stuff out. <laughs> no, we got we to gotta perfect that for fantasy hockey. <laughs> um, it was a busy week. We have actually got, before we get started into news and stuff, uh, it was surprising to me that there's no games Tuesday and Thursdays, eh? So that's like even more reason to plan ahead. Yeah, and if you're, you know, targeting players on off nights, like a lot of people do, the off nights, I think, are the, the busy nights this week. No games yeah. Tuesday and Thursday. It's been a weird schedule. Some teams, I know Ottawa only plays once. There's a bunch mm-hmm. of teams that play four games. So it's been a weird couple of weeks for the schedule. And in about two months, we're going to have bye weeks. So that's going to be even more strange. Yeah, you, you really got to know what you're doing to survive those weeks sometimes. And don't be like me and load up on, you know, three players from one team like the Sens like I have. And, <laughs> and I've got one game for the Sens this week. So I'm scrambling. <laughs> and, and they're players that you probably can't drop, eh? Oh, 100%. Stutzla, Who do you have? Stutzla, Norris, and uh, Sanderson. So, oh, okay. Yeah. When they get a, when they play four games a week, it's great. But on these on these light weeks, it's it's tougher. And they were in, obviously, Sweden too. So that's, they only played twice this week, once next week. That's a big part of the reason for their scheduling. So I feel like, it goes. I feel like the Sens kind of get shafted too. Because the two games that they play in Sweden are considered home games. Oh, so, yeah. So, and the Leafs get the two games that are considered road games. Um, on a side note, what did you think of the blue helmets with the white jerseys? Not a great I, aesthetic, in my opinion. I kind of, I, I kind of liked it. A lot of people liked it um, really? as well. I, I didn't mind it, but I, 
I'm more of a traditionalist. I just, yeah, I think, I think I prefer the white helmets with the white jerseys. Yeah, but it was I, cool to try something different. Yeah, but I, I'm a big fan of the golden chrome helmets and the silver chrome helmets. So, oh yeah, <laughs> Vegas, priority. Vegas and LA. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of those ones either. Oh, but uh, all right, on to the news. Um, why don't we just start at the top? Arizona Coyotes, Barrett Hayton, upper body injury, out week to week. Um, you think this is the moment that Logan Cooley gets promoted to line one, but no, that's not the case. And I, I think it's partly because maybe they don't want to put Cooley under that high pressure situation. And, and plus the other two lines that they have, uh, the other one with Bugstag ha- has been running so well. Yeah, I think that's definitely a big part of it. They probably also want to keep some balance in their lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, Cooley gives them that a little bit, a little bit down. And, and obviously if you have Schmaltz and Keller up there, they're probably fine for offense. Cooley probably yeah. gives that that second group some offense, and he's he's been pretty good to start. I think he's one of the challenges with him. I had him on my team. Um, I had to drop him simply because uh, he only has center eligibility, and I had just an influx of centers, and he was the guy always getting benched. So I figured I better add someone that, that gets in there more. But he's been great for assists. Really, really good for power play yeah, production. Yeah, yeah, but not not a ton of shots. Um, you know, more valuable in leagues. I think in just points leagues, maybe if they have faceoffs. Yeah. But um, in leagues with a lot of peripheral stats, multicat leagues, he's a bit tougher to roster. But you can tell he's going to be really good. Definitely a long term uh, keeper option. Yeah. So the new top line is Keller and Schmaltz at center with Travis Boyd joining them. So Travis Boyd's a very interesting player to me. So. Before they got this influx of talent, he was basically their number one center for a while. And he was pretty good in fantasy, like really productive. At the beginning of camp, he gets cut and waved. And everyone's like, what, what is going on here? What's going on? And then now he's back on the top line. I think Schmaltz gets some extra value because he might get face-offs now. But I think him and Boyd are going to split face-off duties. But does that make Travis Boyd a streamer now? I think so. I, I think somebody to look at, especially when the... Coyote schedule is friendly. Um, you know, Arizona is no longer a team, you know, in fantasy that's desolate. They have a lot of talent, yeah, both on forward walk over and D. Yeah, and, they, and even their goalies, like Ingram's been pretty good this year. Um, is always dangerous for spot starts. I really like the Coyotes overall. Um, they look a lot better, and, and in fantasy, they provide a lot of value. I was going to say, speaking of teams that get walked all over, um it's where it happens in hockey because i think teams go through ebbs and flows so at the beginning of the season the first month the sharks were the team everyone just trounced now it's not so much granted the blues weren't very good that night but the sharks a little like you can't really take them too lightly sometimes no they're starting to 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 come out of that funk and uh i haven't checked the standings but i wonder um well they're gonna be lost forever yeah but the blue jackets can't (laughs) the blue jackets can't be that far ahead of them like they've been really no 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 but the the sharks need one more win (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah which they probably don't want um but yeah they 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 do look better i mean they were the punchline for a lot of jokes obviously for a while but yeah it's it's probably not fun for the players and it'd be good if they had some more uh, rosterable players in fantasy so it's good to see them playing the better yeah we'll get to the jackets because I, I think they're a very interesting team at least yeah. fantasy wise um okay the other big injury tage thompson uh out for a while it seems now you got dylan cousins in the middle between tuck and skinner and casey middle stats in his 
uh, usual place on the second line with JJ Paterka. Those two guys have been really great, by the way. But I'm not seeing the spike from Dylan Cousins playing on that top line. Probably be more patient, right? Yeah, it's been pretty concerning for Cousins this year, um, especially what he did. Last- punched in the nose. Yeah, especially what you know what he did. <laughs> What he did last year yeah. um, offensively, I don't I don't even think he's pacing for, for 45 or 50 points right now. He's, yeah. he's well below that one point in seven games, I think. So hopefully this is the boost he needs to get back going. But he, he was a great find last year in fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, and he looks nothing like the player he was last year. So I'm wondering if, you know, this this push up to the top group will will help him. But I I maybe they're trying to boost cousins because middle stat really hasn't needed. He's been so great. As yeah. you mentioned on that second group, even dating back to, you know, the last 15 games or so last season, he's yeah. really come on. So he'd probably be the guy I, I'd want to roster right now over cousins. But mm-hmm. if you, you do have an injury you're dealing with and you're looking for a streaming option, maybe cousins is, is in play. You're hoping that uh, he gets a bump up here. And I think with the Sabres too, because last year they were so good offensively, you could have picked anyone on the roster and it would have worked out. Okay. Yeah, this year not so much. Their scoring is no. not bailing them out. They're they're to me they're I don't know how hot this take is, but they're the most disappointing team to me so far. Like I thought they were going to be really good, much better. They had a lot of young players. I thought another year of growth, you know, they'd be really contending for a, a playoff spot. Um, obviously, everyone had high hopes for the goaltending. Devin Levi um, hasn't worked out. Um, still early, you know, they could they could pull it together. But yeah, for me, the Sabres have been a, a pretty big disappointment. Yeah, Sabres uh, and the Devils. I think the Devils have been really disappointing for me yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, last night, or I should Friday night, not last night. See, the, uh, my hours are so messed up with like the 5 a.m. games. <laughs> I base know. my schedule around hockey games. I don't know. I don't know if that's healthy or not. But don't we all? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Friday night, Aaron Ekblad and Brandon Montour returned to the Florida lineup. It's been a long time coming. Actually, earlier than expected, but I think they were always playing it safe, saying yeah. it was December, January. So back in their uh, Friday debuts, Montour played 24 minutes. Ekblad played 20 minutes. Both guys immediately Ross roll, although I do find Aaron Ekblad is probably one of the most overrated fantasy defenseman gets a lot of shots but nothing else yeah he, he's overrated to me um i had a lot of people actually ask when they were about to to be activated you know who should i drop to to make room for ekblad and mm-hmm. they would send you know like three or four names and i and i looked at it and i kind of said probably ekblad <laughs> like <laughs> you should probably just leave him alone or drop yeah. him because um i think the guys that you have are better but um I do think, obviously, with them returning, it's not ideal for um, OEL. You know, Ekman Larson, yep. I think it's like great 17 for, minutes. Yeah, Forsling um, doesn't help his cause. Really, anybody on that blue line, um, I think it's not going to be ideal for because those guys take up a lot of minutes, a lot of power play time. Mm-hmm. So Forsling was one of... When they announced that uh, Ekblad and Montour would be out, Forsling was kind of the, the guy to target because he actually yeah. put up really good stats across the board. And then they signed Ekman Larson, takes PP1. And at the beginning of the season, we think we talked about this. We said, OEL, if he's quarterback in the power play, he's worth rostering. And only the past two weeks when he's been scoring has he been starting to be rostered in Yahoo. But now that he's at his peak, you can drop him again because he's not going to play PP1 there. And I know yeah. he scored a goal, but 18 minutes, one goal on one shot, and that's probably not going to 
be a productive player for the rest of the season. No, I don't think so. I think Montour and Ekba just take up, you know, so much, so much ice time and minutes mm-hmm. there. I think like Forsling is interesting because he's usually very good for some of the other categories, especially mm-hmm. like plus minus. If you're in a league with plus minus in a mm-hmm. deep league where you need a lot of D, maybe he's mm-hmm. worth kind of keeping around. But mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's just tough. Um, but I think we all knew, you know, when the year started that those guys might have value yeah. for a couple of months and then you, you got to move on. Right. And, and that's just kind of how fantasy hockey works. You got to move, move on and look for the next guy. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, going to the players now, um, there's a couple players we should touch on because I think, I don't know about you, but I feel like this season has been surprising for a lot of reasons. I think certain teams we thought were going to be good, aren't good and vice versa. But also a lot of the usual fantasy stalwarts aren't so good. Like I look at UC Soros and this guy usually gets you a lot of saves, a great save percentage. And we knew he was not going to get a lot of wins, but a 3.23 goals against and an 8.92 save percentage, five straight losses, 21 goals against in that five game uh, stretch. What do you make of Soros? Uh, Very concerning. Um, Obviously we knew, we knew Nashville was probably going to, take a bit of a step back because they're sort of like retooling their roster. But Mm -hmm. I actually wrote about him in my mailbag this week and I I was looking at some of his numbers. So the, the real red flags to me are a couple of things. So the, I haven't really checked it since Thursday, but when I was looking up some of these numbers, you know, Nashville was a a top five team in limiting high danger shots against. So you, you would think that that should help a goalie, but it really hasn't, done much for sorrows and then if you look at um you know at that same time last week the, among goalies that have played eight games sorrows was dead last in goal saved above expected and last year he was first overall yeah in, in the league so it's it's more than just hey the preds are taking a step back and they're not as good as they were it's a little bit on sorrows and you know he, he's played a ton of hockey you know he always leads the league in appearances typically he's around 65 67 appearances um he's kind of been the backbone of that team carrying that team maybe he's just a little bit worn down um he becomes an interesting sort of you know do they look at trading him uh the predators this season which is interesting to me because his contract is pretty friendly um i think he has another year left after this um and they have a couple teams yeah the couple teams can use the goalie yeah more more than a couple but (laughs) Um, so that is one intriguing thing for fantasy. We don't see a ton of big goalies get moved in the middle of the season because it is trickier sometimes for them to kind of acclimate for whatever reason. You mean I Devin re- Dubnik wasn't a big goalie when yeah. he got moved this season? <laughs> the, the last one I can really remember is like Ryan Miller going to the Blues, and that was a disaster. That was uh, well, 10 I years think, ago now. but Yeah, the, the problem is unless you're going to a team that plays very similarly, it just takes a while to get used yeah. to it. So if you want to make that move for a goal, you got to do it early. You gotta give yeah. him, You can't just throw them in months or weeks before the playoffs or the trade deadline and just figure, yeah. it, you know, figure it out. And the problem for fantasy is usually around the deadline, you know, it's right when fantasy playoffs are kind of starting. So now mm-hmm. if you're, you have Saros and he goes somewhere and you're using him in the playoffs and it takes him a while to adjust, that could be uh, troublesome as well. But yeah, it's just been really weird for Saros, a guy that has been so reliable and, and so trusted to just not be playing very well right now. As an aside, do you think the Oilers will ever trade for a goalie this season? I don't know if they can, uh, if they, I, even if they wanted to. Yeah, I, th- I think they'd want to, but how do they make it work with the cap? And, yeah. 
you know, it'd have they... to be something really drastic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, like they need to clear cap space to do that. So yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, speaking of goalies and sticking with that topic, I just want to point out top five save percentage uh, among goalies with at least five appearances: Swayman, Charlie Lindgren, Varlamov, Talbot, and Gibson. And top five goals against Swayman, Jonathan Quick, Lindgren, Talbot, and Aiden Hill. Not who you'd expect. No, not at all. And that's kind of why you, why I anyway, like the zero G route. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you look at a lot of these goalies, it's a very volatile position. So much of it is dependent on, you know, the team in front of you and how they're playing. And, yeah, you never know from, from year to year how it's going to go. So I think it's it's always a good idea to keep your options open you know, be flexible, look for bargain goalies. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's just a tough position to read. Yeah. Agreed. And I also want to bring up Alexander Georgiev as well. Um, if you look at natural stat tricks, five on five metrics, the most goals, uh, the least, sorry, goal saved uh, above average, not having a good season either. eh? Yeah. And it, it's, you know, I think it's this one's the more frustrating one. I yeah. Think. He, he plays so much. He's got a lot of wins. Um, I kind of talked about the, uh, this, this week as well, where it's almost like a, a situation where, you know, the abs defense is a little bit too good. And we've seen this from um, Carolina at times with their goalies where, <laughs> yeah. where, where they limit shots so much that, you know, even a goal or two given up looks really bad. I think in two of his last three starts, he, he didn't even face 20 shots. Right. I think the other night he gave up, two goals on 19 shots or 18 shots or something like that. And yeah, he ends up with a, with a bad save percentage. Um, so it's, it's tough when you're kind of in that situation as a goalie. I know naturally um, in fantasy, you, you look at a team, Hey, they're, they're really good defensively. Let me grab a goalie there. And a lot of times it, it can help you, but yeah, if you're not facing a ton of shots and you're giving up two or three goals, it can, it can be problematic for those numbers, but I mean, there's you can't really do much with him. There's no one there to challenge him for starts. I think he's played every game but two right now for the Avs. Uh, <laughs> so he's going to play a ton. He's going to rack up the wins, and I'm sure he's going to going to get hot again eventually. I am a little concerned about the Avs' uh, usage of their players because they're not deep, yeah. right? So no. you wonder, and they're kind of behind the eight ball already. So you wonder if by January, February, they kind of run out of gas or injuries start to pile up. And we already saw Lekkinen's out. And, and we'll get to Nichishkin in a bit, but um, not looking great for the Avs so far. I mean, if you had to pick uh, a team to win the cup now, who would you pick? Right now? Um, yeah. It's yeah. not the Avs. <laughs> no, it might have been the Avs like two weeks ago. But yeah. now I, I still really like Vegas. Um, okay. Yeah, Vegas. Is and great. I'll say like. It, this really pains me to say it, but <laughs> the Bruins, the Bruins look really <laughs> good. Like they, they, they just give up. They don't give up more than two goals a game. So you can't really argue with that. They're yeah. Gonna every and, game. and people, I think before the season were saying, oh, you know, Swayman and Olmark are going to regress. They're not going to be as good. Well, yeah. guess what? If you got them as a pair with a snake pick uh, late in your draft, you are laughing to the bank right now. Yeah. They just play a really good good team game you know they've lost bergeron krejci they haven't missed a beat um, no. you know when you don't when you don't that's the thing you know we always talk about you know connor mcdavid and austin matthews and nathan mckinnon and how you need to draft well and you need to bottom out to get mm-hmm. one of these stars it's like yeah you do or you could just kind of be really good team def- 
defensively and not give yeah. up more than two goals a game and you're gonna win like you know 75 80 yeah. of the time like that's yeah just yeah you just need that one guy who shoots 400 pucks a season who's a really yeah. good goal scorer and you can have pavel zaka no offense to him but not a not a number one center by any means no uh i always like to start with the bad news so continue with the bad news the blue jackets <laughs> you kind of mentioned they look oh, awful man. and it kind of pains me to say because I, I feel like at the beginning of the season, they had a bunch of good options to go with. You had Goudreau, you had Line playing center, so that's position versatility. Boone Jenner is always great in, in uh, banger leagues. Adam Fantilli for keeper leagues is a great one. And then you had Provorov, you had Wierenski coming back for injury. Elvis is good for certain stretches, but this team has been a disaster so far. Yeah, it's it's really it's really hard to fathom how bad they've been, especially Goudreau, you know, 74 points yeah. last year in a bad situation, you know, two years removed from 115 points. It's it's amazing. like he's he's probably droppable now. I know he's I know he scored the other night, but it's, <laughs> he's tough. He's tough to roster. You know, I have a pretty big belief that once you've been benched or scratched, you've got like a, a big red flag for me that. Yeah, I don't want. I don't want. Yeah, I don't want to roster those players because if you can't trust that they're going to be in the lineup, it's it's really tough. And yeah, like you mentioned, Line A two. I drafted Line A this year for that reason. He got center eligibility. He's taking faceoffs. He's he's left wing, right wing. He's got uh, such a versatile skill set now, and um, it just hasn't been great. Like I don't know. It, it's one of those teams that that they just don't seem to gel together. They have some you know young players that are playing mm-hmm. pretty good. Um, it's good to see Marchenko and, and Fantilli kind of coming along. Some of their, mm-hmm. uh, you know, defenders ha- have been decent. Like Provorov's actually having a yeah, good year is. quietly. I think 11 points now for him. He plays a lot. Um, but yeah, the, the names you would sort of associate with the Blue Jackets or rostering just haven't really been been clicking. I think Goudreau, especially since if he's not getting a, a elite shooting volume and he's not scoring, I think he's droppable. Yeah. In 10 to 12 team leagues, I think he's a waste of space. Line A, I picked up when he came off IR, and then he got benched in that one game, played, I think, 12 or 13 minutes. And I said, I'm not playing this game. Because if you look at the ceiling of the Jackets, how good is it? It's not that good. Line A, probably not a point-per-game player. He's going to struggle to to uh, score points just because the team is not good and the ice time just fluctuates all the time. I think Pascal Vincent's trying to establish a culture there yeah. but establishing the culture comes at a cost of playing all your um elite scorers a lot of ice time and forgiving them for any turnovers or mistakes they might make but yeah what well, one thing i wanted to mention about line a2 i haven't really checked this but it just seems like his shot volume is way down to it's me. not there yeah, yeah not playing there. playing center maybe that's you know one thing that's really changed for him he's not shooting it enough mm-hmm. and that was always the good thing with line it right even if he was going cold for a bit not scoring he had the, that big shot volume and he doesn't mm-hmm. have that now so he's even tougher to kind of hold on to yeah the one line i do like for the jackets it's uh adam fantilli with uh, Kirill marchenko as you mentioned and dmitry Voronkov, uh the big russian guy you know the big russian guy on uh kazan in the khl he was like third on their team in goals on a team that had a bunch of 35 year old veterans and if you know hockey in russia they don't play the young kids so i thought that was really impressive yeah Um, so i mean if you really want a keeper league player it's fantilli for sure he had 10 shots in that game which is incredible and then marchenko's on on and off but he's got some scoring value there yeah it's i actually 
my dream this summer was a line of Fantilli, Marchenko, and Kent Johnson and just turn them loose. But obviously, it hasn't really worked out for Kent Johnson at all. But yeah, they're definitely fun to watch. That group. You are the only person outside of Columbus who dreams about the Blue Jackets. <laughs> I thought it would be a fun young line to watch. So two uh, two thirds of it is right now. So that's yeah, great. fair enough. Uh, another young player on fire. I know we keep talking about Lafreniere, and we'll talk to him about him. And Quinton Byfield, Cole Perfetti is on fire. He is. Uh, six goals, 14 points in 17 games, 35 shots on goal. So you're getting the shot volume. And when they played Nemestikov on that second line to center Perfetti, I thought, oh, man, it's going to kill his uh, offensive value. And Ehlers, too, who gets no playing time. He's still in jail. Uh, but Perfetti just really performing and, and going beyond my expectations, too. Yeah, he's been really good. Um, really impressed with him. I, I think again the the challenge with him only center eligibility. I know um, what's up with that Yahoo. Yeah, his shots like he's been a little bit. I know he has good overall shot volume, but a little boomer bust. He has some quiet shot yeah. games. Yeah. Um, but yeah, not much for peripherals. I think he's great in a points league. I would mm-hmm. definitely. Yesterday he was only he's still under thirty percent rostered. Um, yeah. So I would I would definitely take a chance on him. I think a lot of that. Jets top six. I'm really interested to see when Velarde returns, mm-hmm. um, what it does to to those guys because like Kyle Connor's been unbelievable. Um, Perfetti I think as I'll well. follow drops now, though. No, yeah, it's probably a good chance, but I just wonder how it's going to affect the mix. So we'll see. Right, right, okay. Um, Alexei Lafreniere. We got to mention that he's a potential breakout candidate. 11 points in 15 games, and I know that's not incredibly um, impressive. But we've been waiting for this guy to come out of his shell, right? Yeah, he's looking really good so far. Um, he, right now, it's it's a pretty inflated shooting percentage. I think it's around 26%, so that will come down. But it's good to see that, you know, he's even – I think he's pacing for like 35 goals or something like that. I don't yeah. think he's going to get there. But if he gets points, yeah. yeah, if he gets 25 goals, that's still a big win if you drafted him. Um, the one slight concern I have is he's only got five hits this year. Yeah, he had over. <laughs> I was going to mention that he had over 100 hits the last two years. So um, he was always a, a guy that hey, if he doesn't have the offense, at least he's providing you that hit coverage. But maybe if he picks that up um, and starts to hit more more frequently, and you're getting the goals too, he's a pretty good pretty good steal. So I, I think that's a good thing though, because if you're running around hitting people, it means you don't have the puck. You're chasing. Yeah. We and now also, that he's now that he's scoring, it just means people are trying to hit him instead of him trying to hit people to get the puck. Yeah, for sure. And I think we should also mention like Panarin is playing at such an elite level. Oh yeah, year. that's I think really helping uh, Lafreniere. Like he's obviously playing with him a lot, so that's been a huge boost for him. Yeah, Panarin. I think it was a elite player. We all knew that, but he was a guy you could have gotten in the second or even third round. Um, just because yeah. a lot of people just look at him and think, oh, he's a soft assists only player. But I mean, he's been incredible and the shot volume has been up too. And um, I think um, too, with him, he had a really bad playoff against the devils. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think I, I find that happens sometimes. The last mm-hmm. thing people remember about a player sometimes hurts them in fantasy drafts. And even though he's typically a 90 point guy in the regular season, he had a yeah. really rough seven games against the devils. I think maybe some people just kind of yeah. shied away, but it's just a different game in the playoffs. Like I look at Ottinger too. He two straight playoffs yeah. where he's looked tired and 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 has been lit up. But he's been incredible. In my opinion, he's probably the most reliable fantasy goalie out there right now, both short term and long term. Yeah, he's very consistent. Yeah, uh, he's sticking with the Rangers. Mika Zibanejad. So 
Starts off hot in October, uh, nine points in nine games, but only one point in November. Cold streak or something, you know, bigger to come? Yeah, it's a little troublesome, obviously, given his quiet stretch here. Um, it's hard to really explain why, you know, he's he's on the, the top line still. It's just hockey, man. <laughs> top, top power play. Minutes are virtually identical, you know, to what they were last year, the year mm-hmm. before. Um, like we said, Panarin's been... Phenomenal. Chris Kreider's been really good too. Mm-hmm. Um, big bounce back here for him. So I think it's just a cold stretch. Um, I yeah. might I might try and trade for him as a buy low candidate, maybe because I feel like he's gonna snap yeah, out but, of it. But yeah, but I don't know. That's gonna be difficult though. Well, it will, but I know there are a lot of people getting frustrated with him, and you know, mm. maybe the right offer kind of sways it. But I, mm-hmm. I do think there's there's no like red flags that I see that, oh, okay, this is He's not going to snap out of this. So that's well, his possession numbers aren't as good, right? Yeah. But I just feel like in fantasy, if all the guys around you are producing, you're getting the same ice time. Like mm-hmm. it could just be a bit of puck luck right now, too. But we'll mm-hmm. see. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. Um, enough about the Rangers. Let's go to Rasmus Sandin. Um, playing a ton of minutes, playing the second pair. So no longer with John Carlson and quarterbacking the second power play playing 23-23 per game. Now, at the beginning of the season, he was kind of like a sexy sleeper pick because last season when Carlson was around uh, and he just joined the Caps, he went off. Uh, He looked really good. Now, not so much. I I know he's a good defenseman, but I feel like he's a defenseman that plays a lot of minutes but doesn't have a ton of fantasy value. What's your take? I, I sort of agree with that. I think... I think lately he's had a little bit better offensive production, but I don't see that kind of lasting with Carlson there um, and him being, you know, on the second power play. So I think if you have a league um, where you have sort of hits and blocks, I think he might have value in a, in a deeper format um, just because his minutes are so great. He's been really good for block shots. Um, mm-hmm. He's almost a category specialist there, but, you know, if you do have that scenario, maybe you grab him and who knows, maybe like Carlson picks up an injury and then he's really valuable because he did play really well last year when Carlson went down for a bit. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I agree with you, though. It is. It's he's one of those guys that, you know, plays a ton, but he, he's probably not going to score too much. Yeah, fair enough. Um, we got some questions this week. Um, I know we touched on them, but I thought this one was really interesting. This one's from uh, four miles to home. Uh, he said, drop line A, may regret it, but needed to get my goalies a bit some sorted. Uh, picked up Pyotr Kachekov, holding Devin Levi, but may move on from him. Have Samsonov and Wol- as well as Ingram. I know it's a lot, but recovering from a Campbell-Levi draft. <laughs> that is a lot of goalies. I'm not sure I rostered that many goalies in, in two seasons. Um, but yeah. th- it's a lot to pick through here. So I think dropping line A is all right. I, I don't think yeah. you're going to miss him much. Unless you're in a deep 14 league or 14 team league where Line might pick it up and he might be worthwhile because there's not a lot out there. Um, but in general, I think I think I'm down on the jackets unless it's a Boone Jenner in a banger league. Um, otherwise, I'm probably avoiding them. Pyotr Kachekov is gonna split the net with Carolina. And I've watched Kachekov play this year and and some last year too. Uh, I'm not convinced. He's a bit erratic. And I feel like they're just probably going to lean on Ranta a little bit more as the 1A. 
Yeah, he he I agree with that. Um he seemed to have a lot more promise last year. Um mm-hmm. the Canes seem to trust Ranta a bit more. He'll mm-hmm. play, but if I look at that question, I I think like that if I'm counting that right, that's five goalies uh, he has <laughs> on his team. That's too many for me unless you're in a league like yours, Jason, that Roto League where you say everyone hoards goalies. That's, yeah. that's different. Um but I think there I would probably at least move at least one of the goalies, maybe two. I don't really like rostering more than two or three, especially if it's in a head-to-head, because I find you're just you have too many goalies sitting on the bench where you could have skaters yeah. playing for you. Um, and I think Levi there might be the guy to drop. Like I, well, I was I that know. was my next thing because I was gonna say without Tage Thompson there, the offense <laughs> not going, the defense was never that good to begin with, and uh, Lukanen is starting to to get into the timeshare as well. So the the pairing I'd I'd keep is Samsonov and Wool. Yeah, that for sure because you have both uh, Toronto goalies. Connor Ingram uh, splitting with Velmelka is been really interesting. Yeah, he's been yeah. really good, and and I get the feeling that at some point Ingram might start to take over and start more games. I think so too, especially if the Coyotes are somewhat in the, the playoff race. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I look at his five goalies, and to me, Levi's the the weakest option. Or, or the, well, well, not one, discounting Jack Campbell too is no longer in the well. League. Yeah, Campbell, I think he's hopefully he's dropped Campbell, but I, I think <laughs> Levi has the least value. Um, yeah, you mentioned yeah. UPL. I think Comrie is back in play there too yes, now. That's right. Le- Levi and the Sabres just really haven't shown much to trust them at this point. So mm-hmm. I think I would at least drop him. I don't like to carry more than three, um, but if you want to carry four, I think I think Levi would be the guy to go. Yeah, and I think when you have so few goalies, uh, if you do need to stream starts, I mean, look at the save percentage and goals against we just talked about. You know, yeah. Jonathan, I know Shesterkin's back, but Jonathan Quick has proven that he can be a spot starter. Charlie Lindgren can relieve uh, Darcy, Darcy Kemper. Um, Lindgren was always talked up as a, <laughs> as a good backup. Um, Cam Talbot, we talked about, he's been fantastic this season. And John Gibson's back, surprisingly. He just needed Lucas Dostal to, to push him a little bit. Yeah, the Ducks, uh, there's something going on with the Ducks. This is like every player there seems to, except for Trevor Zegers, uh, seems to be, be rolling. It's the coaching. I, I think it's like the Canucks where the attitude has changed a little bit. Although the Canucks have faltered. I, I watched the Kraken game uh, Saturday night and it was not not a good game. That Calgary game was awful. But I mean, I could forgive them for that because it was a, a back-to-back with travel and, and on the road and whatnot. But Well, I think we knew like the Canucks – we're not regressed. Be, they, yeah, yeah, that good for that long. But I think they've banked so many points that even if they do, regress, oh yeah, they're going to make still, the playoffs. Well, hopefully, but it's, no, they will. They, they, they will. should. They should. Yeah. yeah but I, yeah. but I think Barring like we all disaster. We all knew that you know they would sort of come back down to earth. And, yeah. Uh, I mean, hopefully the the you know Miller and Hughes and and Pedersen keep going for for selfish fantasy reasons. But well, I I think they will. I I think it's more the depth of the team and just the the pace that they're at. Yeah, uh, was unsustainable. Um, but the Oilers though, can we just talk about how they might not make the playoffs? <laughs> Still, yeah. like seen... I, it's they're not turning it around that much. Well, they had they've had three really good games. Uh, since a bit of Snow a coaching took, bump. Yeah. yeah, and then you know, obviously, the game Saturday wasn't great. They have the same problems and the same flaws, right? Like it's a team that needs you know McDavid and Drysaddle to carry them. Um, it's oh, a team that's not good defensively, so they need some saves, right? And uh, you know, Stuart Skinner was was pretty good the three previous games before. Uh, there's like Saturday. a 10 minute stretch for each game where everything yeah. starts going in 
So, I mean, if he just plays like he did last, like they just really need like 907, 908 goaltending, 906 even, and they'll yeah. probably be fine. But yeah, they're not they're not getting it all the time right now. And Connor Brown back on the top line. So Chris Knobloch coached him and McDavid in Uri. And Connor Brown, to me, I don't know if he's maybe not healthy, but he just doesn't look good. Even as a streamer playing on McDavid's line, I feel like he's the only player who doesn't get a fantasy boost playing with him. It, it's shocking. He doesn't have a point yet playing with McDavid quite a bit so far. Um, he had a breakaway yesterday and he just kind of fell down. It was <laughs> yeah. like, it just kind of summed up his season. But yeah, the Oilers, I think they have four games uh, this week coming up Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. If you do believe in Connor Brown or you're looking at the glass half full playing with McDavid, maybe you give him a shot. But yeah, it has not looked good so far. Yeah, usually when you bet on a player to who bets on himself, like William Nylander or even Patterson, it kind of works out. But this is the flip side of the argument. It doesn't always work out that well. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, looking ahead, it's a weird schedule. We talked about how there's no games Tuesday and Thursdays. Uh, so that's going to throw throw people for a loop. But uh, you want to make your sleeper and keeper of the week? Sure. Uh, sleeper, I like Connor Zary in Calgary. Eight points in eight games now. Uh, the Flames have been a little bit better over the last couple of weeks, which is a good sign for them. Yeah. The biggest difference, I think, um, this season with Ryan Huska, he, he seems like he's really comfortable giving young guys a chance an opportunity. Um, we saw Coronado up earlier. De Simone looked pretty good last night on defense. So they've got they got a lot of players they're trying to work in. Um, is, yeah, another 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 good good option there. So I, I think there's just a different kind of vibe around them with with younger players getting an opportunity because some of their the bigger players have struggled too. So Zari looks like he's taking advantage of it. So I'm going with him. Nice playing well with Kadri. Huber's still still a problem, so we'll have yeah. to see what happens. My my issue with Calgary is I don't know how good they will be uh, a few months from now, depending on what they do with the roster. Yeah, that that is a huge concern. Uh, but that's good for Zeri though, because they're not going to trade him. No, and his no, his yeah. time is going to increase. Yeah, it's more of a concern if you have like a Markstrom who's actually been oh god okay, like yeah. okay, borderline good. He's had some. Some good stats game. aren't good, but he's actually performed well. Yeah, he's had two or three games too where he's given up, I think, two goals or fewer and lost. Um, so mm-hmm. his his numbers look worse than they've been. He had a couple good starts in a row too. Last night was kind of tough against the Islanders, but yeah, if you've got a Markstrom, um, that's something I'd be concerned about if they do try, especially because it sounds like what they're going to move is those three UFA defensemen, mm-hmm. and yeah, that's that's not good for a goalie. Yeah, in uh, your sleeper. Uh oh my uh sorry keeper uh, oh sorry yeah keeper Eli Tolvanen um streaky at times but playing very well right now and yeah I never really looked at him as a a good multi cat player but he's suddenly like hitting everything in sight blocking blocking shots yeah like, that's the up, biggest one yeah shots. shooting um you know good shot totals so he's a guy I'd look at he's, he's putting up a lot of offense right now power play one for the Kraken. Um, you know, he shoots it a fair bit. He's he's a guy I would take a chance on and see if you can hold him for a bit. I think he's fantastic potentially in banger leagues. Yep. Uh, the multi-category coverage is not something I really anticipated because you kind of know him as a goal scorer. Yeah. And he's just added all parts of his game. The thing with the Kraken wingers is there's so many of them and they all kind of do similar things. And he's the one that sticks out because he 
hit some block shots. Yeah. And that's like, my concern is, you know, you mentioned the Kraken wingers. I, I think like right now it's Tolvanen, but in two weeks it could be Eberly that stands out and then it's McCann. And then I think they just kind of all flip flop and I don't know how long Tolvanen's going to, going to keep producing offensively like this, but I would, I would take a look at him. Well, his shots, a huge asset and they're using it on the power play now. Yeah. He's the guy that's taking the shots there. So that's key. Yeah. That's going to help your uh, fantasy production. For myself, uh, my sleeper, um, I talked these guys up uh, prior to the season. They started off really slow, made me look really dumb. Now I look like a genius. <laughs> Tyler Sagan and, and Matt Duchesne on the stars. Uh, their speed is incredible. Their playmaking really complements each other. Um, they're on the third line right now, but to me, the stars run one top line, and that's the hints line, and then two second lines with Johnston and Dodonov and Jamie Benn. And I think when players on a hot streak, you should just take advantage, especially if you sense that it's getting early. We talked about OEL. If you poked, picked up OEL now, it's too late. Yeah. You got to get it on the ground floor. And and I think I was telling you this earlier. Um, I, I take full credit for Duchesne's hot streak because <laughs> I, I advised a couple weeks ago that he was safe to drop, you know, started <laughs> off slow, was on the third line. Hasn't been super fantasy relevant in a couple of years. And that was came off a year where he had a massive shooting percentage on the Predators. So I was not super high on him, but I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure how, uh, you know, he's going to keep this going, but he's playing really well. So just kind of ride that wave while you can. Yeah, same. Uh, my keeper of the week, the Avs play four games this week. And it's Valeri uh, Nachishkin, Valerie Nachishkin. Um, I think with Lekkonen... Getting injured, Nuchishkin got bumped up the lineup, getting tons of ice time, playing uh, more than 20 minutes in four of his past five games and 20, tw- 23 minutes against the Stars, uh, three-game goal streak. This guy can score. He just had a really slow start to the season. Um, I like where his team and his play is trending. Well, maybe not so much the team, but his play is trending up for sure. So I picked him up uh, when Lekin was injured, and I, it's been huge uh dividend pair for me right now so that's nothing wrong for me uh abs players in the top six yeah exactly pat myself on the back except maybe druan i still don't trust druan oh yeah no that has not worked out yet (laughs) no anyway uh that's it for this episode thank you for listening please subscribe and like and rate and we will be back uh, next monday with another episode thank you for listening